Live from Mux Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. On today's Kenny and Heilprin, we are live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, talking Wisconsin-Illinois State, the 38 to nothing win from Week 1, as well as what is to come on Saturday when Washington State comes into town. I'm joined, as usual, by Zach Heilprin, and also, this time, by former Wisconsin offensive lineman Bill Nagy. So, without further ado, this week's Kenny and Heilprin throw he made and say that was a poor throw or a poor decision even the one in the end zone good play by the cornerback I like the fact he's confident enough to try to zip it in there in tight coverage so yeah overall I, I couldn't point to one thing that he did and say you know what I wish he did that better I think it was as good as we could have asked I mean I understand the you know holding on the ball a little bit too long like and it was towards the end of the half right like where they were trying to try to go in their two minute drill and he like it wasn't there and he would take off running and he ran out of bounds he didn't he didn't throw the ball away which Again, we may have looked at his passing stats a little bit differently if he had thrown the ball away a couple times, which maybe he should have. Um, but for overall, when you look at his what he did last year and what he did this, uh, what he did, there were strides made. I mean, I don't, I don't think you can look at that game and say there haven't been strides made. But, but, oh, you're, you're giving Bill's giving me like I don't know about that. But you have to remember <laughs> who the opponent is, right? Like you have to at least take that into consideration and say, yes, uh, steps taken not strides made, I guess, were there steps taken? Because I think like a stride is longer than a step. I think so. Okay. Depends how big your legs are. Well, I mean, it's Bill walking and it's me walking and it's two different things. Right. You want to find as many positives as you can, right? You really do. You don't want to live in the past. But the reality is, is like that guy's put some stuff on tape (laughs) where he's going to have to continue to show me more until – you know, we're, we're really moving in the right direction. I'll, I'll go I love the kid. I'm rooting for him. I, I'll be the guy's biggest fan, but um, need to continue to build off of it. I, if, I mean, it sounds like Bill wants to go negative here today. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't I, at all. I, I, can I, do I was that. That's why I, I was smiling that. at you. I was, I was, you're like thinking about all the negative stuff you wanted to say, but you didn't. Correct. Okay. All they right. covered, but they should have covered I'm, by more. I, I, you know? No, he's, he's, yeah, no, he's. They didn't yeah. hit the over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which um, I had guaranteed. I, guaranteed. I sat here and guaranteed it last week. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin's going to hit the over by themselves, and they, they almost did. They almost did. Uh, but then Illinois State just could not. I thought they were going to hang 50 on it. They could, I think they could have. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. That's one of those, if they had tried, they could have done it. Yeah, let, let, let Miles Burkett sit back there and throw a little bit there in the fourth quarter. I think they were conservative with a lot of the play calls. I think the formation, I think the personnel. Um, I really do. I think you're going to start to see some more innovation um, with Bobby Ingram and some of the stuff that he's going to bring to the table. But, again, week one. Um, just easing into it. I could be wrong, but I, I, feel, I feel like that's where we're heading. So we had this discussion on Tuesday about how, obviously, you go against Illinois State, you're not putting everything on tape, you're not uh, opening the entire clip to try to score because you don't really need to. Those are plays maybe you save for Ohio State or moving forward in the Big Ten season. However, we both agree that there's a clear benefit that 74-yard screen pass to Chimray DK putting plays like that on tape where you at least show the future opponents that are coming down the line that if you're going to put a safety off the edge every single play to try to pressure Mertz or whether you just run blitz the hell out of us, we have the capability to have an explosive play like that out to DK. What did you make of kind of how they approached it and how beneficial it could be to maybe, you know, put those things on tape to move forward? Yeah, I think that helps a ton when you start look at third down, the pass rush, um, potential pressures that defenses might throw. 
And as well, it helps the tackles out too, right? And the pass protection. When you start putting that stuff on tape, all of a sudden you know that there's that, even if it's just a, an ounce of a thought to say maybe this is a screen, right? Um, it, that helps. I mean, there's no question it does. Like when you put that on tape, it does help. And it was a play that wasn't in the playbook last year, so it was new. I'm wondering, though, I need to get your grade on Jack Nelson's block out there because Chimray said it was a good block. I feel like he just kind of barely got a little bit of them, which is all you need. But how you, you, how, how, you, how you block, how, how you grading that, that block out there? All you got to get is a piece of it. Okay, he doesn't want to give a he's, – he's not going to take a shot at his fellow offensive <laughs> lineman. He, I was, he ain't going there. I was more impressed with – I think it was Tyler Beach trying to run out ahead of the play – but eventually yeah. he was just out of the frame because DK was <laughs> flying down the field. It's but fun seeing the big fellas get out in the space. A he looks bit, fast. But... Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, He looks probably out there. What do you think of the offensive line in general? I mean, the opponent isn't, you know, something to write home about. But still, it was a really clean game up there. It's really, really tough to tell without watching the tape. I did see, I mean, they always are running the power, the inside zone. There were a couple of backside run-throughs that they missed that I know Coach Bostead probably – got after him a little bit for but overall and that's that is the toughest thing when you play an opponent like that because you're playing let's say a three technique and in practice you know you're playing against the best every day and you're getting two yards of movement you're playing against somebody and you're blowing them off the ball five yards like the (laughs) spacing just changes so that's just like you know when you're playing baseball it's a fastball to a changeup. yeah the timing is just a little off. And you could see that a little bit, even with Braylon, where he's getting the ball and, you know, a couple where, you know, a second too late, too early, and he's gone. But they're also loading it up. They're doing 22 personnel, loading the box. There's a free man every single play that's going to be hitting it, right? So I thought they played well. Um, I, they're going to be able to run the ball, bottom line. I just wanted to continue to see them grow off just the pass protection. And I think, you know, Nelson especially, the tackles, um, Malman at right tackle. You just want to continue to see him make strides earlier on in the year. Yeah, because, I mean, I like Tyler at guard much better than I like him at left tackle, Tyler Beach. You know, he fits better inside. And and Jack has, you know, unique skills to be a left tackle. He's long. He's just not a guard. So – the question I wanted to ask was was about Bob Bostad because obviously he was your offensive line coach. Um, Joe was there when you were there, but yeah. and and obviously you know him. You were on the coaching staff there in 2015. What uh, what's the biggest difference between those two guys, and which style do you like more? They're both great coaches. Um, I'll start with saying that, and they're both very different. And Bostad, he had done it for so long, and he's been a line coach, run game coordinator for a long time prior to that i will say that coach rudolph he had a lot of different roles and responsibilities and when you're coaching offensive line and you're doing the run game court like that is a full-time job in itself and i think that's where you know coach bostad's going to be able to just focus on that and focus on the five guys in the room and everybody that needs to be playing in that unit um but I know that Coach Rudy, he was doing all sorts of stuff, too. So it's always tough, right, when you get pulled in different directions. But, you know, having an opportunity to work with Coach Rudy and then obviously playing for Coach Bo, I mean, one thing with Coach Bostad is you're going to be overprepared every Saturday that you show up. The game is going to be like it's in slow motion when you go through a, a Tuesday, Wednesday practice with that guy. He's going to overprepare you. You're going to see every single look and – 
you're going to be super confident. The game's going to be easy with him. Um, so I'm, I'm super fired up that he's back in that position. Yeah, It's a, it's a good spot. I mean, I, I, look, I think there were a lot of people that were, that were screaming for him to be the, uh, the line coach since he came back in 2017. I mean, what's he doing coaching inside linebackers? And how good were their inside linebackers when he was, when he was there? And Crazy. They were extremely, extremely good. But he also knew, like, he didn't have, like, a huge role in the building of the defense. As an offensive line coach, you are the, the engine that makes the offense go. And so he's got a much bigger role, and I, I think he loves it. I mean, it just, just based on, you know, what you can kind of gather from talking to him, he's, he's, in, he's in a better place mentally. Yeah, he feels <laughs> like he's at home. Yeah. I had the opportunity to stop by a practice a couple weeks ago, and this was in training camp, and you just felt like the guy was at home. It was like, you, you, you know, you, you leave and you come back, and it's like nothing changed. It's the same guy, same everything. Just the guys know what to expect every day with Coach Bostad. That's why I think he's so great. I really do. It also helps to have a room full of four- and five-star guys, you know, up and down, whether they're young or older and have experience. Or the, the star talent in that room is insane right now. Well, I will say this. I think Coach Rudolph did an unbelievable job, especially when – he came back and there was you know i think one year too late it would have been a completely different story he was able to develop a lot of really young guys into some really good nfl players right now yep i think he did a phenomenal job um but i think that you know where they're at now is a great foundation to continue to build upon for some of the old lines that we've had in the past i think they have the potential and then some he's he's in such a better place the offensive line is such in a better place when Bob Bostad's taking this over than when Rudy took it over in 2015. If for you look sure. back in 2015, I mean, at one point at the end of that year, they're starting four redshirt freshmen. Like right. That, and, and those guys, Michael Dieter, um, uh, Abod Benchwal, um, you know, go on down the line of guys that were on that, that line as redshirt freshmen, a lot of them now in the NFL. To go along with Tyler Merritt, who obviously also played in the NFL for a few years as well. So, yeah, like David Edwards, starters, yep. Super Bowl. Like, they had some yep. very young guys on that team, and they won a lot of games with some very inexperienced offense. And that's not what you see from a Wisconsin no. line. No. All right. That is Zach Heilprin. That is Bill Nagy. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Happy hour is going on now. We'll be here till 6 and probably a little bit afterwards as well. Happy hour until 7. You got $4 spotted cows, $5 Long Islands, $2 off all appetizers and more. Come on by. You got the Brewers playing right now. It's on many screens. Uh, you have the Golf Channel on, which is playing to my needs uh, there. And then the NFL starts up tonight. This is the place to be to watch that. There is your thoughts on Wisconsin's offense and where they stand after the Illinois State game. We'll hit on the defense when we come back. We'll talk about the upcoming contest against Washington State. Zach and I have our week to locks and so much more. Live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, it's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. Kenny and Heilprin live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Zach Heilprin, Bill Nagy alongside Wisconsin 38, Illinois State nothing. The defense pitches a shutout. Uh, I guess it's a good thing that the bar is set so high that we kind of look at some of the first half stuff and are overly critical, if anything, about a defense that didn't give up any points. 
But I, is there any concern now, I mean, four or five days away from the fact about what this defense could look like on Saturday? I think it's just a pass defense, right? Like, that's, that's what you, in my opinion, you worry about, and that's what we always worried about because if you go against good versus good all camp, and it's Wisconsin's offense, very balanced. That's not the reality when you start playing a lot of these other teams. I mean, they're throwing the ball 60-plus percent of the time. So when you're seeing that every other play more times than not, like they're going to be challenged. I think they're prepared for it, and the scout team can rep that. But game speed, those situations, that's the only thing that I think about. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to freak out about it because I think Zach Anikstead, who played at Minnesota, was a D one quarterback. Obviously, walk on, but like he, he just he dropped some really nice passes on there, and like there were some really really good throws. And sometimes you just have to tip your cap to it. And I asked I asked Jim Leonard about it on on Tuesday. I said like you know like sometimes you just say good job offense, or do you think that there were things that you could do? And he he said a couple times, you know there are things that we can do better. But there were also a couple throws and a couple plays made by their guys that were just better. The one, the one I think about was the the back shoulder that they beat Jay Shaw on early, and then they came back to it later on, and he almost got an interception. So like, you're, at least you're seeing oh, learning. Yeah. You're seeing you're seeing guys learn from prior issues or prior mistakes and make it up for them and not let it happen again. So I, doing that against Illinois State much better than doing it against. Ohio State. Well, you can do it against Iowa because they won't do anything about yeah, it. Yeah, so Ohio, uh, Iowa sucks. Don't give up a couple safeties and you'll be okay. <laughs> uh, that, oh, my God. That game is in our picks coming up a little bit later. Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, it was almost my game of the year, but something else, uh, something took else that came mantle. up. Oh, another Big Ten contest. You know how I am on these weekends. <laughs> uh, talking about the secondary, though, it also is kind of a connectivity thing for me where Keanu Benton was in the backfield all day. No sacks, but he was there. Nick Herbig was there as well. But, I mean, in general, it's also can the pass rush do the most to help the guys on the back end, where early in the game, just all levels, I mean, Illinois State was able to move the ball. They got aided by penalties. But the fact it was loose in the beginning, might sound crazy to say, makes me feel kind of better because there are specific things for a defense that replaced eight starters to now improve upon, where, I mean, you have a, a boundary outside linebacker position that, has some questions like we don't know exactly who's going to emerge there. You have guys out in the secondary. You don't know exactly what the unit as a whole is going to look like. I don't know. I come away from the game encouraged that they improved as the game went along. And also there are specific things where you could look at and say, okay, Washington State's a real test coming up on Saturday, at least quarterback wise. Now we can work on these things. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't disagree. Again, it's Jim, like they didn't have tape. Like they, they knew the guy that was the office coordinator, but it was, it was a new office coordinator, new personnel, a lot of new stuff going on at Illinois State. So it probably did take a little bit. But, you know, they, they beat them physically a couple of times. I, mean, I, I, I think, was just going right? to say that, Zach. Like the physicality, they were winning. Yeah, early. Every play. But there was a couple <laughs> of passes, a couple of big plays that they made. And that's not sustainable right. through the course of a game. That is not what gets you beat. They were winning. I mean, they were, you know, overmatched. It, that, that's just what it was, right? And you're going to have a couple of those plays. And I think the reason why I'm encouraged is they were able to overcome it and, like you said, continue to get better. It wasn't something that they dwelled on and said, hey, we gave up a big play here. They came back stronger and they finished stronger. 
And that's a testament to the physicality and what they're going to continue to be challenged with in a you know, Pac-12 type opponent coming up here. And then on to the Big Ten season. Like, that's just a completely different game. I just think it's important like to remember, and we talked about this on Tuesday, how young some of those guys were that were playing for the first time, especially at corner. I mean, Ricardo Holman played a little bit last year, but that was really that was his first start. That was his first time going through things. Cedric Dort, he was kind of nervous. Uh, Jim Leonard said it. He was kind of nervous. He had played a ton of football at Kentucky, but he was kind of nervous. He made some mistakes, and there were some like wrong angles and that type of stuff that, that happened in the first game. And, again, that's, that is why it was so amazing and so good for them to open with with a FCS team that isn't good. It's a much, how much better is it that than opening against Penn state, right? I mean, it's just at a, a completely different level. It gives you an opportunity to have some mistakes that aren't going to get you uh, beat. It's still a night game at camp Randall, right? I don't care who you're playing. There's going to be nerves. There's going to be a little shaky. There's going to be a little bit of an edge to it, right? Tim you Brando have to get over it. Nerves. I'll tell oh you that. Much. God. Yeah. Did you see that? The video? Oh, the, the, no. the jump around. So, uh, so Tim Brando and, I'll find it. Yeah, Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman were there doing the game for FS1, and during jump around, it was a matter of uh, it turned into the hump around. I'll say that. Spencer Tillman <laughs> he was appeared, Spencer Tillman appeared to be getting down low, maybe even a little bit of a twerk. I don't know. Maybe Would you say a twerk? A yeah, bit? a little bit. He was in a twerking position, I'll say that. And Tim Brando <laughs> there was got, an audible shriek. Tim Brando got a little, oh, Tim Brando no. got a little too close to the, to the backside of Spencer Tillman. Uh, oh, boy. And, and it's being called the hump around Here it now. Is. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> night game at Camp Randall, though. Is that you the, know the hump around? There's oh my nerves. goodness! Wow. Um, well, you don't yeah. even know what to say. Like he's like, oh my I God. am speechless <laughs> after seeing that. Yeah, I'm I, speechless. I have jokingly asked for a public apology for defacing the tradition. <laughs> you know, it's so having the opportunity to coach and being up in the press box. Yeah, that thing is shaken, and I don't like. Illinois State, whatever it is, night game, like that is still such an awesome tradition. So cool. So like back back in your day, they used to have the the your, your day your day is still here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm an old I'm, man. I'm not now. trying. I'm not. That was not I'm a shot at you. Up. No, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Talking to somebody that's ten years younger than me and telling them back in your day, uh, no, but like the uh, big boob TVs, like the big uh, tube TVs that like that had like the back to them, and they were up in the they were up in the press box and those things. I'm surprised somebody didn't get killed with that like, thing falling down and just like crushing somebody. Like, yes. Uh, now we have those flat screens up there, which are probably still going to kill somebody if they fall. But those would have those would have smashed. It would have been a closed closed casket. Yeah, I that's yeah. Got, yeah. That's got to be the next uh, renovation project. <laughs> that thing is yeah. Oh my that God. thing shakes like crazy. 1968, I believe, is the last time they renovated the press box, and I don't envision it being upgraded at any point. It's still donors don't sit in the press box. It, it still doesn't have. Know? Central air, like it doesn't have air conditioning. I'm not, I'm like, I'm, yes, it doesn't have air conditioning. As, yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and complain about it. But uh, no, the areas yeah. in the stadium that the donors sit are probably gonna be the ones that are first renovated. The like ones we cutting saw in the all South the NIL Enzo. deals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ones sitting where it's yeah. yeah. The Varsity Collective needs to get in and you know start updating the press boxes. What well, they need to do. the news that Sam Decker is starting some sort of uh, podcast form for the Varsity Collective and, and Joe Thomas. Now that they are both media members, maybe <laughs> yeah. they fall under that umbrella where we could get that done. The media members that get to sit in the nicest boxes in the world, probably, yeah. uh, uh, or on the they're, field. They're, they're sitting in the south end zone <laughs> right now. Yeah, or on the field. Uh, Bill, I wanted to ask you also on the defense quickly as we get into what we could see coming up on Saturday. 
Is there any way to explain how John Torchio is always next to the football? Like, you could think about it. There's the film part of it, the preparation. There's also just a natural sense for the ball. Is there any way you could, like, wrap your mind around the fact he is always there? You know, this is an offensive lineman speaking, but I, I truly just think that it's Jimmy Leonard being such a good teacher. Yeah. I really do. Because, like, Jimmy always found a way to get to the ball. And I actually had a, an opportunity um, to sit down and, and meet Torchy over the summer, and he's a super, super intelligent guy. I mean, he's got the world going for him outside of football, right? Um, but you can tell that that guy takes film study and everything to a whole nother level. And you know it's important to him, and he just is the ultimate team guy, but that stuff's contagious. And when you're a sponge and you ha you're around a guy like Jimmy every single day, um, I think that's got to be a big testament to that. So there's a great story that Aaron Rodgers actually told yesterday at his lock. Did you see that one? I heard it from Mike Clemens today. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, Mike Clemens beat me to the story. No, no big surprise there, Big J. Uh, so apparently John Torchio was told uh, the AP this week that Aaron Rodgers was his babysitter uh, back in the day because his dad, his, dad well, his dad played quarterback play at Cal. Cal? Yeah. His dad did play quarterback at Cal. And so Aaron he said he told that, and uh, so yesterday the AP writer went up and was talking to Rogers. And he's like, "So I heard you were the uh, the babysitter for John Torchio." And he 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 laughed. He goes, "You know, I have the best memory in the world, right?" And he's like, "No, that's that's not how it exactly it, it went. We had a wash, we had a uh, window washing business during the summer. Like this, we're talking about NIL. This yeah. this was how they made some extra money. Him and another guy." An, an offensive lineman, six five guy, really great, like good looking, like all this stuff. And so they went, and some of the alumni were like, "Yeah, you know, we have some jobs for you." And one of them was Torchio's. And so he came, they both came over to the house, and the offensive lineman went inside, spent time with the kids, started picking up the mothers, start yes. while Rogers was out there doing the work. He didn't say it, but he, he that was what he alluded to. Rogers outside working his butt off, doing all the actual window washing. So Rogers is telling the story, though, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, of course. So the quarterback, yeah, course, quarterback, he's doing quarterback, the work, right? quarterback throwing the offensive sure line underneath, under, under the bus. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, um, I, was never the, I was never the babysitter. I was the guy outside doing the work, and the other guy was on the inside doing the, uh, the, the working with the kids and the nannies. There you go. How about that? Yeah. No, it was Mike Clemens told us that story today. He said there was more of an explanation given off the record that obviously could not be uh, relayed to the to the public. But it is all right. It is. All right. That is Zach Heilbrin. That is Bill Nagy. Speaking of uh, Wisconsin ties and to Cougars, Washington State is coming to town on Saturday. Jake Dickert, their head coach, has a lot of Wisconsin ties. We will get to that coming up. What should we expect on Saturday? What are we looking for now as the Badgers get their first FBS Power 5 opponent of the season. We'll get to that next. Also coming up, our locks for week two. That's all coming up. It's happy hour here at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Come on by. More coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. We're back. Kenny and Heilprin, special guest Bill Nagy, live from Monks in Sun Prairie. 
Happy hour going on now. $4 spotted cows and more. Come on by. NFL starts in oh, two hours. Wow. Uh, I mean, I'm already all the way in on the college football season. So I'll, everybody who rushed to Twitter today and said, oh, finally, football's back. I, I took a step back and say, you just don't appreciate uh, real good football. We've that been, you just want the, the commercialized product of it. We've been watching it for two weeks. Exactly. Football's been back for two weeks. I don't know what you're talking about. Week zero, fantastic. Week one, amazing. Now we're into week two of college football, right? There was that letdown Sunday, though. Yes. You have a great slate oh, yeah. Saturday, oh, yeah. and then you wake up Sunday, and you're like, I have to wait until 7 o'clock for a game? Right. right. Yeah, there was brutal. Nothing there. Nothing there. But it made up for it. I mean, like, not that, not that game. Um, that was it the Monday night game that was that was the good one, right? No, that was Sunday. Sunday, night. Sunday was a good so when game. It, Sunday was the LSU. F- F- yeah, okay, the Monday game was the Clemson game. one. Then, yeah. Oh, the Clemson one was good because people started talking about a Clemson Iowa bowl game <laughs> and which team would get to four first. <laughs> those are some. Those are some bad. <laughs> well, they, they and then they Clemson's ended up defense is awesome. Then Clemson's offense ended up putting up forty-one points. So yes, I don't know if I don't know if Iowa puts up forty-one points this year. No. Uh, speaking of Iowa, we're going to get to that next. Locks for the week. Zach is wiping the floor with me through a couple weeks in the football season. This freaking guy. Uh, but this guy. Listen, listen, I will, I will <laughs> apologize to the public. I will promise to be better. Uh, I'm trying to create generational wealth here. Yeah, picks you know, for every week. It's not about picking incorrectly. It's about your math skills in trying to add up like our records for each week. Both times after the first week, after the first week, he's like, dude, you're two and two. I'm like... Are you sure? I'm pretty sure this happened. He goes, yeah, oh, yeah, you're three and one. Got a text last night. I got a text last night. Said I went two and three last week. I'm like, um, are you sure about that? Do you want to do your math again? He did his math again. I went three and two last week, yep. which means I'm up six, three to four and five. Something along those lines. All right. But either okay. way, stop, stop being that guy. I'm trying. Don't be that guy. I wasn't a math major. Happened twice twice i took high level math i didn't major in it uh we'll get to that next coming up this weekend washington (laughs) state comes into town wisconsin is a 17 and a half point favorite uh washington state's head coach jake dickert a lot being made a lot of wisconsin ties there uh there is as there was with with mr fleck a picture of him in a wisconsin shirt when he was young you like pj fleck no bill like no you sure no okay good we can't stand that we can keep you on the show then yeah. Uh, yeah. There's <laughs> not, he doesn't yeah. have any redeeming quality. Nothing. Have you ever said you were doing elite to someone who asked? Elite? Yeah. It's that's like, actually hey, that's a joke with me and some of the buddies. Like, <laughs> elite. Elite. Well. Did I ever tell you this I, real quickly? Uh, story going up the press box 2018. I think I may have told you this already. But going up the press box, me and Tom Oates from the Wisconsin State Journal. There's a Minnesota guy there. Yeah. You ask him how he's doing. He turns to us and goes, elite. Not another word said. Just turns around and keeps, keeps going. I'm like, what What are you, what? And he did it to us at Big Ten Media Day. It's a clone. We, did, he, we had him on the show. And Tanner Morgan. Asked him, both of them, elite. So, <laughs> I, I have said, though, that football game, Wisconsin-Minnesota, I think will decide the West when it's it comes down. You think so? Yeah, it's a possibility. I think Iowa, they always really? find a way. Yeah. Iowa always finds a way. Defensively. Yeah, that's... That's a big piece of it. They don't <laughs> – Iowa doesn't give away games. You have to go and beat Iowa. Except somehow last year, though, which was crazy to see from that team. It, it was very uncharacteristic. But they hand Wisconsin the ball on the goal line. 
I mean, Petrus is kind of a statue back there. I think that's a tough deal with the quarterback at Iowa right now. The offensive coordinator. Um, but that's not, yeah, uncharacteristic of them. Yeah. Who, who they, you, don't, they, they don't lose games, right? you got to beat them. Who would you rather have as quarterback, uh, Spencer Petrus or Graham Mertz? Mertz. Okay. Easily. Oh, it's not even close. I was asking him. Oh. Well, I guess oh. you already know my, my thoughts on, on yeah. Petrus. I think Jadia is going to uh, start. Spencer Petrus or Graham Mertz? Jack Cohn. Yes, that'd be, that, that would have been Ben's That answer. would be my official statement. But All right, Saturday, Washington <laughs> State in Camp Randall. They, I was reading some power rankings around the Pac-12. They're like the sixth, like middle of the pack, Pac-12 team. They beat Idaho last week, 24-17. That's Watch an that FCS game. team. Uh, Just newly FCS. Used to be, in, used to be Division One. They, oh. they dropped down to FCS. I did not know that. They, uh, Idaho threw the ball well against them. The big story coming in, Nikia Watson, former Badger, coming back to Camp Randall. They're starting running back. Had 117 yards last week. Cam Ward, the quarterback, comes over from Incarnate Word to Washington State. It's an interesting team to me where last week against Idaho, the opponent is what it is. Seven sacks as a team, 12 tackles for loss. Their defensive front was able to get after what Idaho was able to do. So I think we'll definitely see more pressure from them on Mertz than we did from Illinois State. But what exactly... Bill, first, are you watching for on Saturday? What what box needs to be checked off aside from, obviously, a comfortable win? I think that if you run the ball on first, second down, and you give third and manageable to Mertz, we're going to be doing really, really well. If we can't run the ball on first and second down, it's going to be a tough day. And I still think that they're going to win handily, but I think that's going to be the key to it, right? So, would you like to see them throw the ball early? On early downs to get, to I would it. absolutely love okay. it, and I would I would like to see a lot of lighter personnel runs to clean up the box a little bit. Yeah, as an offensive lineman, when you're throw 22 personnel in there, you know you're going to get eight guys in the box, and it's going to look gross, but you're going to be able to get four yards, five yards, and if you want it, and you're confident enough in Mertz when it gets to that third and two, third and three, take a shot. Awesome, I love that, but if you're not you got to lighten it up a little bit. That's that's my take on that. Do you envision them taking some shots? I mean, we didn't get to see – we didn't see any – like, what was the th- lo- lo- longest, like, through the air? Probably, like, 20. Like, actual air yardage. 20-ish. 20-ish. Something down the field a little bit more – more uh, if it's given. Like, we don't know – like, we don't know exactly what's going to be given, but just in terms of the way that most teams play Wisconsin, you would think you're going to have some opportunities down the field. You're definitely going to have opportunities. But and, whether it's and completed or not, it does, it's yeah, it, it doesn't even matter with last week, right? Depending on the personnel that's out there, there's going to be shots down there. Like, you're going to have opportunities. There's going to be man coverage. You're going to have those opportunities, and I don't know when they're going to take those, if it's going to be in the opening series or two, or if it's going to you know, get into the flow of game and then be able to take it. Um, I would love to see it earlier than later, but I also understand that it's a home game. You have to make sure you get the W. You want to make sure that things don't get out of hand, and you have to play from behind because that's you don't want to be tested week two with where we've been at in the past to try to have to play some type of hero ball or play from behind. That's yeah. It's it's so funny to to have reporters ask Bob Ingram, and he's, we've, they've done it the last two two weeks, not pointing fingers at anybody. Wouldn't do that. Um, I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't ask the question either. But. Um, do you want to open up the pass game a little bit? Do you want to do you want to take some shots down the field? Do you want to do this with the offense? Do you want to do that with the offense? And he's just like, we're just going to do what it takes to win. Yeah. We just want to win. Also, relatively speaking, it was quite open 
week one compared to last year. Relatively. Relatively. But here's the other thing, Bill, and I, I said this on, on the show on Tuesday. They beat Eastern Michigan very similar to what they did with Northern with uh, Illinois State. I mean, Graham Mertz was 14 of 17 last year against Eastern Michigan. I mean, Graham could have thrown the ball 40 times last Saturday, and we still would have won. And I don't think the results would have been that crazy different. I don't, right? But from a balance standpoint, I just hope that he gets enough confidence to when you start getting into the Big Ten season and you start getting truly challenged, and there may be a challenge this Saturday. I, I truly think there might be. I think people are shrugging it off what it's 17 and a half favorites right now yeah yeah it, it's a it's a big boy team i don't care what anybody says no i would i would agree you got to get the w you have to make sure that you get the run game going and that'll open other things up but there's going to be opportunities it's just a matter of when you know those shots are taken i want to ask about the confidence thing you talk about get graham confidence routinely routinely he's been asked about how confident he is and he says he's confident. He's the most confident guy. And, we, and, we, and, like, it goes year by year. Like, freshman year, very confident. Oh, he's, he's more confident this year. Oh, he's more confident as a junior. There's a difference between confidence in your, what comes out of your mouth and what comes out in your actions. Would you agree with that at all? I'm not talking about yeah. Graham specifically, but just in general. Like, I can sit here and say I'm the most confident MFer in the world. I'm not. But I can sit here and say it. Action is a little bit different. I feel at times actions – Maybe he necessarily hasn't been that guy. Well, the reality is, is people are questioning that confidence. So when that question gets asked to you, what are you going to say if you're in his shoes? What you're gonna say. Right? Like you <laughs> yes. fake it until you make it, right? And there's been ups, there's been downs. But as a leader, which I truly think that he's done a good job with, it's not like he's lost the locker room. I no. still think his teammates love him and they respect him a lot. So, as a leader, you have to be confident through great times and through the bad times. But does it matter how, how confident you are with your mouth if your actions don't necessarily bring about, bring about confidence? Or to like, me, no. To show confidence? The results matter. Right. It's always, uh, and that's the great thing about football. That's the great thing about sports. It's always going to be about results, period. But on the front end, I mean, you, you have to instill that in your teammates and everybody around you um and people have to believe in you because as soon as that starts to slip that's when you start slipping and going in a bad direction which i mean, not to go back again to illinois state but the fact that him and marcus allen when that drop first happened like i do see the fact that there's a super young wide receiver room that are all very talented and you see adversity faced literally on the third offensive play of the season the fact that got turned around pretty much instantly because the next couple drives, he was right back to Allen on similar throws. That makes me feel good. And I don't know Allen that well, but I know that it seems like they have a pretty tight-knit group. Yeah. And that drop probably hurt Graham, just seeing him drop that more than it actually hurt Allen, right? They, they apparently had like, words. That's – really? They, they had words because because they're so close. Because yeah. they like Marcus went to Kansas City with him over spring break. They spent like a week together. And he's like, yeah, we had words. I told him what I felt because they're gonna let me. This, they're gonna let me know the exact same thing. If I miss a pass, they're gonna be like, yeah, that ball wasn't where it needed to be. And so when they drop a ball, I'm gonna say the exact same thing. But it's built because it's closeness, as you mentioned. Yeah. No, and and that's what you need, and that's what you want, and that's uh, what you can expect from just being a good teammate. That's what it's about. All right. It's it'll be interesting to watch coming up on Saturday against a defense that. 
held Idaho somewhat in check, but it is Idaho. We'll see what Washington State can bring to the table. Coming up next, our week two locks. We'll pick Wisconsin's game. We'll pick a couple other games around the country. Also, I have to ask Zach, there's one position that has been a consistent point of topic just generally on this show. I have to ask him his thoughts on who performs well at that position on Saturday against Washington State. We're live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. Happy hour going on here until 7. Obviously, NFL football starting up tonight at 7.30. Game 2 that the Brewers play will also be on later tonight. We're going to come back. Final segment coming up next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. All right, we're back. Final segment. It's Kenny and Heilprin live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, Washington State, kicking it off 2.30 on Saturday. Badgers look to get to 2-0. We'll hit that game coming up here in a bit, but, Zach, I have to give an update to the people. You are 6-3 and three in picks in the first two weeks. Oh, yeah. I am 4-5. Well, and five. Uh, According to you, I'm 5-4. and four. Uh, You're 6-3. and three. Oh, okay, good. There are four games on the docket before we get to the Wisconsin game. Uh, Bill, if you have strong opinions on any of these games, feel free to chime in. And I am at liberty to change my <laughs> pick as you do chime in. The which, first... Which games are we picking again? First, Iowa, Iowa State. Three and a half point line. Iowa State is the underdog there. The over-under is 40. If I could pick the total, I would because Iowa can't score and Iowa State can't beat Iowa. So when you put those two things together... How in the world are any points scored? But I'm going to take the Cyclones here because I just, after watching what I saw last week, you know they're going to, you know somehow it's going to break out. They're going to have like a big game. Yeah, when they put Padilla in. How healthy are they? How healthy is who? Iowa. Generally? Yeah, like a wide receiver. Probably more than they were last week. Yeah. Is it in Iowa City? I don't know the answer to that. (laughs) At Iowa. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I wrote it down. I'd take Iowa. Yeah, we were just talking about this. The 2010 Iowa game, maybe the loudest game I've ever been at. Um, It was insane. It was insane. It's a tough place to play. It's a tough place to play. I am going to take, gosh, I like Iowa's defense, man. I hate their offense. I take Iowa. You want to lay three and a half? Uh, Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're going to be pick six or three. We're going to have to draw this back. We're going to. If I lose this, Bill, it's going to be on you. All right. I'm going to take Iowa. So there's your first one. The second, <laughs> this, this is my game of the year. After what we saw a couple weeks ago from the Northwestern Wildcats. Yeah. A couple years ago, I made the mistake of picking against Northwestern constantly. 2020? Yes. And I lost every West single champs. one. Big time I West am champs. going to learn my lesson this year. Duke beat Temple. Temple is probably the fourth, fifth worst team in college football this year. Okay. Duke is not much better, but they wiped the floor with them. Northwestern minus 10 at home against Duke. I'm what laying time? the points. Here's the question. What time is the game? That is, is that, a good question. Because the time at Northwestern, if it's an 11 o'clock game, the sleepiest stadium in the country. Bill, did you ever play an 11 o'clock game down there? Yeah. 11 How? o'clock and 2.30. W- horrible. Play some, played a night game there, too. 11 a.m. That is a tough place to play. 2009. Yeah, John Clay fumble. That's a tough place to play. I don't, not, not to bring up bad memories. You know what the locker room is there for the visitors? Uh, it's it, a nail on the wall. Yeah, it's a little small little thing. The, the That's media, what it is. Seriously, the media auditorium is the exact, exact same thing. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Duke. All right. What time Duke. did you say? What time was? Eleven o'clock. Oh yeah, I'm taking Duke. All right. Uh, taking Duke. To hit these two Duke. quick before we get to the Wisconsin one. Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Tennessee is minus six in this game. 
I like Pittsburgh. I'm riding with Mr. Slovis. Pittsburgh running away, I believe, is what uh, we, we heard wrong. we heard here last week. That's okay. Uh, West Virginia, they did not run away from West Virginia. I'm going to take Pitt. All right, and the <laughs> final one, North Carolina at Georgia State. I don't North, know why you chose this one. Because North Carolina's defense cannot stop anyone. It's another road game for them into a but, small little school. But North Carolina's offense is awesome, and I'm I love, love their quarterback. love with Drake May. Yep. I'm going to – I'm going to – but – I'm going to take Georgia State. All right, I'll take North Carolina, so we're on opposite sides. Now the important one, Wisconsin, Washington State, 17 and a half. Bill, first to you. What Do you do you see Wisconsin covering? I, I don't want to ask if you think they're going to win or lose. 17 and a half. Do you think it's comfortable enough that it's up to three touchdowns on Saturday? I'm going to say it's a two-score game. I, I see like a 14, 15-point win, Wisconsin. That's yeah. That's what I see. I need to see another week of the offense, like putting together drives, putting together like big plays. Like, it's a lot of points. Yeah, no, it's a it, lot of points. It is a lot of points, and it's also a, a young defense that's still, you know, still coming along. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take Washington State in the game. Okay, I agree. Uh, I have them plus seventeen and a half. I have thirty-one to seventeen ish being the projected spread there. Uh, Cam Ward is obvious. If you contain him, you win. To me, if Wisconsin's defense can dominate this game, then I, it goes without saying. But with what Washington State brings, if you can contain Cam Ward, I'm not that concerned about Nikia Watson running for 300 on them or something crazy, right? So if you can contain Ward, if that boundary outside linebacker position wreaks some havoc with Peterson or Getz or whoever it is, I think Wisconsin wins comfortably. However, I think Ward still has the explosiveness to make a three-score game that's comfortable into maybe a two. Kenny and Heilprin, Thursdays from 6 to 7 and on demand at madcitysportszone.com.